Hi, this is Russ Ballard, and you're listening to the Voices of Russ Ballard podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Voices of Russ Ballard. Yes, we're back after the Leo trilogy, which I hope everybody enjoyed, with myself, Ian. And me, Sven. Hello. Hi, Sven. Good morning. How are you? Well, not too bad. Uh, the sun is shining, more or less. <laughs> what can you expect? We're still in March 2023. March 2023. You know what? Three years ago, Russ should have played Germany with really? his It's Good to Be Here tour. Um, well, and then this, this Corona thing came up. The good space thing is, yeah. during Corona, you and me had a chat about this format. The Voices of Russ Ballard podcast. We did. How many is this, Sven? You're you're good at this. It's twenty something, isn't it? I think twenty-two, twenty-three. Wow, it's not too bad. It's not. It's not too bad. And we had brilliant guests. We had brilliant guests. But before we talk and we do about have a, we have a brilliant our, guest today. We have a brilliant guest today. But anyway. Before Shut we up. talk about that, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Before we talk about that, I think you've just got some just some Russ news that we'd like to share with everybody um, around the the sort of social media stuff around. Well, Sven, well, why don't you tell everybody? Go on. Uh, everybody should be aware of that. Russ is doing a gig on a on a cruise ship tour in April in Sweden. And it's the very first time that he is back in Sweden since 1976. So this is, wow. uh, well, long overdue, don't you think? Indeed. Um, what else do we have? Russ is still very active in the, the studio, in his man cave, which is oh. good. So mm-hmm. he was there with a couple of bands. I don't name them now, otherwise everybody knows who's our today's guest. Um, and a part of that, I was I was watching a trailer. I was watching a trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three, and it immediately caught my attention because they used "Since You've Been Gone" in a very slowed down, relaxed version. But that was amazing. So go and. Grab your tickets. Uh, enjoy since you've been gone there. So that's it. Okay. Not, not really spectacular news at the moment, but let's make this podcast a spectacular one. So, Ian, who's our guest? Okay. Well, hi again, everybody. As I as I said earlier, we're back here on the voices of Russ Ballard, and and like Sven and I, we all know that you were all raised on rock. So yes, we are guilty as charged. This gentleman is, well, he's back in business. And he's all fired up too with a new album called Nobody Gets Out Alive. And with some help from a rock legend, he's done one year straight. And so anything is possible as we speak to the very talented and the very wonderful Michael Angel, ladies and gentlemen. Fugitives lead singer. Way. Good day, everybody. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Hi, Welcome. Welcome, Mike. We've got lots to lots we want to talk to you about, but um yeah, where do we start? Um Sven, do you wanna do you wanna kick off with, with Michael? Well, first or of Mike, all, I really like to like to tell our listeners 
Mike is probably dressed up in a Russ gave rock and roll to you t-shirt. That is amazing. He made my day, really. <laughs> this is, I've worn it in honor of the podcast. For those of you in black and white, he's wearing a navy blue shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, that's let's start. Let's start our podcast on actually Sven, just quickly. He also, Mike also has one of the coolest surnames in the rock world. He has, yeah. Angel. I mean, my God, you could really do so you do so much with that. How cool is that? Thank you. <laughs> well, let's start with a question I asked myself. So um, let's start with how you got into music and playing the guitar. How old were you as you first started the guitar? And was the guitar your first instrument you played? Well, uh, guitar wasn't my first instrument. Uh, I started out life uh, as, a, as a joint senior school. My elder brother played trombone. And uh, I wanted to learn music too. So life wasn't, you know, not a great deal of money around back then. So I also learned trombone. We shared oh. the same instrument. Uh, so that was from about the age of 11 to about wow. the age of 15. I played trombone in the local school and youth um, orchestra, which mm -hmm. was fabulous. Um, I picked up started playing guitar around 14 i would say uh again i borrowed my brother's acoustic guitar um and my mum had kind of noticed i never put it down and she took me to my brother had left school by then so i had stopped playing trombone and had been playing guitar um, she took me to rushworths in liverpool it's no longer there uh, and we traded the trombone for my first electric guitar. Uh, we realised we needed an amp, so I had no money left. <laughs> we had a fiver left, and the guy in the uh, went to the back of the storeroom and came out with this old Wem uh, valve amp, which is probably worth about ten thousand pounds now. <laughs> but uh, he let us have it for a fiver, <laughs> and, we, and we we took it home, and you know, by fifteen formed my first band and we performed in school in the arts theatre <laughs> that that sounds pretty much like rock and roll yeah it does indeed it, it does, does indeed. really I, <laughs> and i think what what we should do and, and we probably haven't even mentioned the name of the band yet which is a bit a bit crazy isn't it we've just said well we're talking to mike angel um the band for everyone out there who hasn't heard of fugitive that's the name of of michael's band and that's what we're going to be really talking, going into some depth with. After this podcast, so many more people will know, we'll know about them. Exactly. Because, you know, what musical, music wise, what you do is real. And when we go later on uh, through your albums, that, that's quite a journey from where you started and where you are today. Yeah, exactly. That's lovely. So, yeah, I was going to say, what, what, going on for, on on the fugitive theme, then. So let's start at the beginning with fugitive, Mike. Um, can you tell us about how it was, you know, when how it was formed? Let's go back in time. Yeah, a little bit of 
history. Uh, there's a lot of history. You will have obviously hmm. uh, seen some of it. Ranko, who is our lead guitar player, my partner in crime for approximately, well, over 30 years. Wow. Um, we you don't look that old. We first got together. Uh, it was November 1990. The band was formed in Liverpool. Um, we'd all been kind of gigging around the, the kind of music scene in other bands. And we'd kind of played at the same shows with each other. And, uh, you know, we'd all kind of got chatting backstage, that kind of thing. And we decided we were forming a new band. So it, we, we got together back then. Um, so we spent uh, quite a lot of years. We didn't record anything for a long time. And we spent a lot of our early years in the biker rock music scene right. in the UK. Um, playing a lot of covers, learning the craft of playing live, uh, but also writing our own music. Um, so, but you know, move on from there. The actual band Fugitive, as it stands now, uh, is a new band. We kind of, I would say, in about 2016, we'd kind of drawn a line under what we'd been doing and we wanted to press on with a completely original um lineup new new lineup everything and dave our uh, bass player um david haskane he's he's we've known him for as equally as long as i've known ranko but he's always been in other bands mm -hmm. we thought he was perfect so we asked him to join he was straight in there and we started writing songs for the awakening album kind of we kind of tested those songs it didn't it didn't the album didn't arrive until 2019 so uh, we it's kind of tested those tracks live playing at a bunch of festivals um we even took it out to ibiza for one of the rock shows out there and and with the the album was finally released in 2019 we got Saw a little bit of success. Some of those tracks kind of sitting up there in the in the um, rock charts on online, sitting between kind of Motley Crue and White Snake. Well, the the Awakening bad. album was really a great one. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, put a it, well, lot of we, love into it, and Ian came across some songs, uh, and and you know we. Yeah. You wanted we, to talk about a little bit about all fired up and and well i do of course have questions around behind closed eyes ah mm. so that was quite interesting mike is that we talked about the all fired up track yeah and, and sven said well actually i like so so interesting so maybe before we talk about the new album because that's what this podcast really is going to be focusing on but before we do that tell us a little bit about maybe the awakening album and and those two tracks yeah well uh i'll start with all fired up um that is the store it's kind of my gathering together of the feelings i had when i went to my first rock concert so 1986, I think it was the 29th of November. I'll have to check that. It was status quo. 
in the Royal Court Theatre in Liverpool. I, as a as a kid, I was a massive Quo fan, and it's never left me. Um, so all fired up, kind of tells the story and the feelings of falling in love with live music. When you listen to the lyrics, you'll you'll possibly see it in a different way once you know that's what it's about, because it kind of comes across a bit like a love song, and it very much is, and it's a love of music. Yeah. Um, or thirty years with your, with your, with, with Ranko is like a, is, is like a marriage, isn't it? Really. I guess it's very much like, uh, um. Mr. Parfit and Mr. Rossi working together for that long. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a a high energy, you know, full on rock track. Definitely worth a listen. It's one of my faves off the Awakening album. Well, we we ought to let our listeners have a a little snippet of that right now. So there you go. We're all fired up for the rest of the podcast now. Well, we are. We are. Hopefully yeah. not behind closed eyes. Um, to, to tell, us, <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit about Behind Closed Eyes. It yeah. was on your first album, and the orchestral version was on uh, The Awakening. Behind Closed Eyes. Actually, it's not on The Awakening. It's on Black Planet. And oh, in, in transit, the the first album, yeah. Black Planet, the second album. Um, now, obviously, the the, the original recording um, of Behind Closed Eyes went out all those years ago. But when we were working on Black Planet, uh, our producer uh, Nino Erico over in Amp Studios in Wrexham, um, he had pulled together a 72-piece fully scored-out orchestra um, <laughs> kind of backing for the track. And uh, I'm not sure it, it, it isn't actually a full 72, you know, people there in a room doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a piece of software that, that has uh, the full um, live recorded uh, instruments which you can then program so he, he'd done all of that work because he loved the track so much and he just won he presented it to us when we were back in the studio and we were like oh this sounds absolutely amazing it's it going does. on this next on the album so uh that's the kind of background 
it sounds so it sounds so rich and it gave the song yeah a lot it's full of full of timpani drums and you know all the string yeah. section every the whole thing fully scored out it's a, it was a massive job to pull together but the effect is amazing well we should have a little listen to that effect let's give you a little snippet dear listener have a listen to this So, Mike, I guess what all our, all the Russ Ballard fans are are waiting to hear is is the story about how you became involved with Russ, and so that's how we're going to kick off. Really, talking about the new album is is to find out, you know, ha- tell us the story about how Russ came aboard the fugitive train. <laughs> okay, well, I guess. We need to step just a little bit further back to um, around 2018 BR, which is before us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We we were before us for us, obviously. It's been a long, a long time. Um, We were as a band building some reasonable momentum, making some good progress. I mentioned before we were doing some festivals and the album had kind of preparing to release The Awakening. Um, it had gone out and we were, do, you know, it was all kind of going really well. And then, you mentioned it before, the dreaded COVID hit mm, and yeah. everything yeah. stopped for everybody in the whole, everywhere, everything stopped. So the band kind of was just completely frustrated as many, many other people will have been. So I guess we'd we'd managed to kind of keep together as a band. We'd lost our drummer during COVID. He'd retired. Uh, it seemed like a good time with nothing being possible to be done anywhere. So we'd, we'd gone through that process uh, and Pete, our drummer, had come on board. Uh, we'd not met him. It was all via Zoom and you know, all of that crazy time, he kind of auditioned via Zoom. It, we, you know, it had all been done. It was it was a mad time and a very, very odd time. But we wow. came out of that. We'd released Raised on Rock in uh, the end of 2020. Uh, and the, uh, you know, it, but the world still wasn't right. You know, the, he was still kind of partly locked up and partly released and then partly locked up again. And it was all still bad. So by the time December 2021 arrived, you can imagine how frustrated we were. And I, I'd kind of, I'd put some feelers out to some friends in out there in the industry. And, and um, Seven Webster, who is uh, well-respected and manager of some uh, big acts like Skin Dread, Andy Taylor, Reef, Michael Monroe, that, that those kind of acts. Yeah. He uh, just rad. suggested we needed to talk to a legend. That was his exact words. That you need to work with a legend and write with a legend to to kind of get the momentum going again. 
mm-hmm. and he suggested Russ amongst some other people. So we sent out some feelers. So that was December 21. And amazingly, not long after, Russ got back in touch and offered to give us his opinion on, on the writing point of view about Raised on Rock. He said he loved the song, but he would have done it differently. Mm. So, it, Mike, is it true that that, that would be the, the most fascinating story I heard for ages? Is it true that Russ Ballard heard Raised on Rock on radio, picked up the phone and gave you a ring? That's because your phone number is always mentioned after playing the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's basically true. Yes. The, the, those those feelers that went out gave put us kind of into Russ's radar. So he checked us out. He he, he, he heard the song and he got in touch. So I took a phone call off Russ where he just kind of went, Hi, Michael, it's Russ. <laughs> Russ Ballard here. And I was like... Like you've known him all his, like you know him I, all his I life, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought it was Dave taking the mic, you know, absolutely yeah, winding yeah. me up. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, it really is Russ <laughs> Ballard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> wow. So you can imagine uh, how that felt. That was rather exciting. So he, he talked me through his ideas. Uh, played our song live on his piano, full-on vocals, down the phone, and then was making his suggestions how things could possibly be changed. Did oh you God. record it? Um, you mean the piano but, bit, don't you, Sven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the song was already out there, obviously. But when the man speaks, you listen. So we absolutely took everything that he was offering us and started considering, right, where do we go from here? So by uh, January, so we kind of we kind of wished each other happy Christmas and, and gone, you know got on with family life over Christmas. By January, we got back in touch and um, Russ was offering us uh, a one day writing session down at his man cave in his studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very busy, and he said he wouldn't be able to get more involved than that but he'd love to help us. He loved what we were doing. He loved the song and he wanted to help us progress. So, I mean, that's absolutely amazing to have the offer from Russ. You know, we all know he's a songwriting legend. I don't need to go into that. It's just absolutely amazing, isn't it? Well, it, well, it is. I mean, the, th- the thing is that Sven and I are very biased, but but they say never, me- never meet your heroes. Well, Russ is... Exactly the opposite of that, and uh, and and, yeah. and as I'm sure you'll testify, he's not just a extremely talented individual. He's he he's one of life's really really lovely guys. 
and he's such a he's such a good guy yeah. and he's he's really a wise man oh sorry, yeah russ sorry russ for t- for saying you're a wise man so you're not an old <laughs> wise to man, quote to quote leo to quote leo sayer leo sayer he's understated and so very understated. very very fucking cool <laughs> he is he is the man is so the man is so yeah. cool but mike you guys you offered the music first don't forget this Russ helped you polishing your songs and and polishing your sound, but you came up with Raised on Rock. And Raised on Rock 1.0 is an amazing rock song, really. I love it. Mm. And we're gonna be talking we're gonna be talking about Raised on Rock in a moment, but I think I think everybody wants to is talking about uh, at the time of recording this, the new single and so I think I think we should we should talk about the new album and and this is this won't be the first time we'll mention this dear listener. It's called Nobody Gets Out Alive by Fugitive. That's the name of the album, and we want to start with the single because again we're pretty biased, but we think it's an absolute killer track. It's written, it's produced by Russ Ballard, but it is Fugitive, and we're going to play it now, ladies and gentlemen. This is One Year Street. Remember you said you'll never survive When you can't kick the habit and stay alive I'll go, I'll be back When you've something to celebrate I'll be back when you want
Right, Michael, so that was one year straight. So catchy. It's in your head all day, every day. It should tell be us a about... number one. It yeah, yeah. It should be a number one here. So tell us about the recording of that, Mike. Yeah, well, so uh, if we kind of pick up from the previous little bit of discussion there, that in, in March, um, we we were back down at Russ's to, to start recording, right. uh, start work. On that that one day session, it was to pull together uh, ideas for a song for us to take away and for us to finish, uh, possibly with Russ on the phone, you know, all that kind of stuff. But by the end of that one day that we'd spent with Russ, he was incredibly excited, as well as we were. Uh, you know, the, the ideas were kind of coming through and, and, he, and he, he just said at the end of the day, he said, look, lads, I know I'd said I only really have got time to, to spend a day with you, but let's do this. Let's do this properly. I, I'm going to help. I'm going to produce this. I want you to come back and let's carry on working together. So again, how fantastic, uh, you know, the offer of one day had progressed to, uh, to what became and is now a really good friendship, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So to get into the story of, you know, where did One Year Straight come from? That that first time we met Russ, he, he's, as you said, he's so cool. He's so caring. He's so easy to talk to. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it kind of became very much like a counselling session. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we, we just kind of chatted for hours about all kinds of things. And a lot of it was, you know, about kind of our families, our previous life experiences. And Russ always says the hardest part about writing a song is finding that something to write about that makes sense, that people can connect with. Mm. And it always comes, the best songs come for your own life experiences. So I totally agree with that. And, I, I remember telling Russ how my life felt a little like Lestat from Interview with a Vampire, made up of all these different periods, you know, kind of born 1771 and still going, you know. <laughs> it's a, So one year straight, kind of a merger of all of that kind of my life story. It's like a jigsaw puzzle of all these different parts of a difficult time in my life. You can kind of imagine how much material there is when you think about I had two failed marriages, the loss of a stillborn son, the loss of another through marital strife and relationship breakdown. I'm, you know, I'm not now even at peace with all of that, but it is what it is. There's a lot to deal with. So the other kind of stories where particularly heated and drunken row that not, none of us are proud of. It actually ended my second marriage when my then wife had threatened me with an axe that we used to chop the wood with for the fire. Okay. Not so funny at the time. It's all mm -hmm. part of the story, you know, that I was sharing. It, it, you know, it meant life wasn't safe to stay there, so the marriage was over. I, I ended up homeless, living in my van. You can imagine um, the kind of 
the difficulty that, Emotion, was, that was there. Emotional difficulty, yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, and then through all of that, I've spent so long numbing my senses and feelings, hiding the pain, and it took such a long time and through so many dark depths. But I did eventually get myself straight. I found a, I got a new place. I put a moat between me and my ex, which basically the River Mersey. I moved into the Wirral. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, I'm trying to let's move away from all that. And I'm, yeah. I'm trying to give you what some of what Russ and I were talking about. Sure. And so I, the, guess the the, next morning, I guess the, the good news about that is the only axe that you're dealing with these days is the guitar, right? <laughs> Indeed, you know, life's fantastic now. So absolutely one of the messages and one of the messages we're trying to get across on the album is life is good. You know, it's no matter what, what you've been through, there'll always be light. So the, never the only, forget that. The only good but, thing on these these difficulties you had in the past is really is you do have some cracking rock and roll life stories now. <laughs> Yeah, to yeah. share with the people yeah. i mean that's that, that's that's amazing but we are more than happy that that you came through all these difficulties and russ is a great listener yeah. but, but i ask myself you know in the process of getting in touch with russell writing with russell getting some some input from him um you must have thought at one point am i dreaming is this the real life? Yeah, which well, is just fantasy. Yes, there's a song there, isn't? It? So, <laughs> yeah, so that that was all the first kind of time we met face to face. We'd we'd had chats on the phone, and you know, Russ had told me kind of a lot about his life, and uh, and we'd shared a lot. So that first time we met, we'd. We'd had that discussion, and then so we wake up in the morning. We're ready to go to the to meet him, get on because that was all kind of Russ is very good at putting you at ease, and mm -hmm. obviously we were really nervous going down there to spend the day with him, with this legend, and mm -hmm. uh, and you know he'd, he'd invited us the night before to the to the restaurant to put us at ease, get to know each. So he'd done Which all one? that. We we arrived fresh, thinking we're going to be working on raised on rock mm -hmm. and he just said to us look lads i know we, we said we were going to be working on raised on rock but can we just park that for now he said i've got i've got all these ideas from you know i, I just want to run them by you and and basically overnight he'd kind of pulled together the the first elements of one year straight and he kind of presented it on the piano and he's like this is what i'm thinking and, and we, Ranko and I just looked at each other and went, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Russ, we're here to work with you. You're offering your time. We'll do whatever you want mm. to do with mm -hmm. us. Uh, what do you want to write? That's fine. Let's, let's go down that road. So, so that day we spent working on that. We didn't touch Raised on Rock at all. So we get, came to the end of the day and he says, you know, with what I'd mentioned before, and look, I don't know, I'd said we didn't really have the time. But let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> said we'll get back to Raised on Rock. Uh, and so we, we kind of went on with one year straight. So, yes, that's 
That wow. is the story behind. My God. I mean, it, it's every, it, everyone's dream, really, isn't it? Or every musician, musician's dream, I, I, I guess. But mm-hmm. we, well, you touched about Raised on Rocks. It's a lovely, it's a, it's a lovely um, dovetail into our, our question about Raised on Rock. Um, and Raised on Rock 2.0, which yeah. was a kind of, so let's, let's, let me get this right. He, he, he tried to sort of, Re, he suggested rewrite, rewriting the original Raised on Rock, which is the 1.0, but also came up with a new Raised on Rock, which is 2.0. So tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll play Raised on Rock. Yeah, well, so as we've mentioned already, yes, we've got Raised on Rock. It's out there in the world, and that's the track that Russ had heard and was inspired to get back in touch with us about. So... When we went through Russ's ideas for how he might change, how he might kind of how he would have written Raised on Rock, we realized actually it's a completely different track. Mm. It's basically every part of it. He was saying, I wouldn't have done this, I would have done this, I wouldn't have done that, I might have done this. But so we came to the end of the discussion and he went, But you know, that track's fabulous. <laughs> Why don't we leave that track alone? Let's, you know. Leave that track as it is and let's work on the new 2.0. Mm-hmm. So he'd, he'd spoken about, you know, how in his past uh, he had some music that he'd done two versions, you know, part one, part two. Um, so, you know, you'll all be aware of there's, there's a couple of those kind of opportunities on his albums to where he's done that. So he money. was very for that kind of idea. So what we did with Raised on Rock is there was there was one section where we all kind of felt it could have, you know, it could have been better, and that was in the pre-chorus. There's a little section in it. When you hear the original, there's, it says, uh, ultimately it says, it's let's blow down, down, down. <laughs> so, and, and both Russ and Seven actually thought that was a little bit discordant. So we changed that. So now it says... Uh, you live your life and does like an echo live your life and into the run so that is the new version which is on the album Mm -hmm. of Raised on Rock it's the only change apart from it's been remixed so it's got a brighter sound to it the drums are bigger you know all all of that side of things so and then Raised on Rock 2.0 became the monster (laughs) <laughs> that it that it is, we uh, <laughs> Russ Russ, uh, we've been down to Russ's a few times. I think it was the second time there. We again we'd met for a meal and um, I was sitting next to Russ and he just turned to me and kind of didn't shout in me ear, but he said quite excitedly, "I've done it. I've got the basics to play you tomorrow." You know, I can't wait to, for you to hear it, kind of thing. And, and he just left it at that. He wouldn't talk about it, and we got on with everything else. So in the morning, when we went to the studio, he uh, he kind of put it on, and again, you know, it was just like boom, God, what a track! You know, he knows what he's doing. This bloke, doesn't he? <laughs> so, as you were speaking, there really reminded us, reminded me a little bit. I don't know about you can remember Sven when we were talking to Francie, Francie Conway. And um, yeah. Francie was a little bit, a little bit like yourself in that was an experienced musician, but not experienced at, at that level at that point. 
And Chris White spotted, just a quick story, because Chris White spotted Francie in, in, in a bar in Spain, I think. Hello, I'm Chris White, and you're listening to the Voices of Rust Ballard podcast. He ends up getting a recording recording contract. And but and so he walks in and, and Chris has arranged the backing band, which is you know, pretty much Argent's Jim Rodford on bass, mm-hmm. there's Bob Henry, and there's, there's Russ there. And Russ, you say, you know, trying to make him feel at home. He's put his arm around him and said, don't worry, I've I've written the bridge for the track. It's it's fantastic. And Francie said to us, Jesus, I had to go to the toilet and just, Francie, just com- Francie escaped. And, and compose myself because I didn't know what a fucking bridge was. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a lovely that's really a lovely story. But you know, Russ never make you feel like you have to be feared about this. There's yeah. no da- there's no danger zone for you. Yeah. Um, he will guide you through. Yeah, well, that's so that well, that's what Russ has done uh, over this last year. Uh, our friendship, I would I would hope he would agree, but our friendship has blossomed, and you know he's he's taken me under his wing and he's been teaching me his methods and his kind of approach to mm-hmm. songwriting which is it, you know I can't explain it in, in a sentence it, it's different to I, I've been writing songs with Ranko now for all that period of time and it's different we We've always written, Ranko's always kind of come up with some music and then I've applied some lyrics to it. Russ does it in a completely different way. He'll have the concept, the melody, the lyrics, and then he'll apply Hmm. in sections. And and how it works is is absolutely mind-blowing how you see it coming together. So it's fantastic. That that raised on rock when we heard that. um, the, The magic line for me is... We were raised on rock, not TikTok. That you scream yeah. that, not TikTok, and, and it's you know I, I know I'm me being the age I am slightly older than the the younger musicians coming through now who are living on social media. Yeah, yeah. I started out. There was nothing. You no, know, there was no. There wasn't even internet. There wasn't mobile phones. There was none of that. You you, you used to go around with a with a, uh, a bucket full of wallpaper paste inside your coat and try and slap posters up while the police were chasing around after you. You know, that was the way, yeah. <laughs> that was the the way thing, to the advertise shows. Back brilliant.
I read a lovely story you you've wrote it down on, on your page um when you heard about Russ Ballard and one day you were in a bar or so and you you saw the video to voices And then, then it came to your mind. Oh, this is the Russ Ballard, and he's singing his solo stuff here. And it, it was a big, it was a big production. But there was no internet back in the days, and, and and younger people today they can't imagine how it is not having an internet. So you can't look up who has written this particular song. Yeah, yeah, It just came to you, uh, yeah. and even if it was. A screen in in the bar showing you the voices video. That's it's yeah. That's very look, much it. Which is why you don't look back, look straight ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was uh, cool. I'd, yeah, I how I came about hearing Russ's music originally. It was all those years ago. I picked up my brother's Rainbow album. And I'd listen to it, and then reading the the, uh, the sleeve notes, you're like, "What's Ballard? What? He's not in the band, you know." But mm. you're a young lad. There's no internet. There's no way of finding anything like that out. So that was that kind of thing. And then, as you say, sitting in Milo's underneath the what's now the Radio City Tower in Liverpool City, um, this rock nightclub with a big screen, and you were in there in the early evening before the DJ started. And they just kind of have MTV or whatever on the on mm -hmm. the telly, and there he was with his Rolls Royce and the helicopter chasing after him, and uh, <laughs> came up Russ Ballard, you know. And me and my pals, we were like, "Oh my word, there's there's that there's that bloke. He wrote those songs with Rainbow." <laughs> uh, well, and time I, you goes know, on, and you learn more and more about people. And 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 it's lovely, and 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 that sort of brings me on to another track that I want to bring out because. Because obviously Russ is involved on those two tracks that we've played in full. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about learning from Russ. And, you know, we've obviously been privileged enough to have a preview of the album. Uh, I want to talk about Journey's Prayer, Mike, because um, I, I, I know the story behind it, obviously. But um, I want you to tell our listeners about it. I, and I did, did find it very emotional. I know, obviously, you did. And I think anybody... Who, who had, I think anyone who had a mum, and that's pretty much all of us. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it would really resonate with them. And I just, you know, why choose to write that song now, Michael? Or or, or is it a song that perhaps you've, you've had and you've now brought to life because you felt it was the right time? But tell us a little bit about Journey's Prayer, if you, if you would. Yeah. So, well, my mum, the song is very much around, the death of my mum. She died of pancreatic cancer uh, a couple of years ago now. And it was the day I had been to visit her in the night and it was the next morning I wrote the, the beginnings of that lyric for that song. Wow. Branco had or Branco's dad had died a month earlier and he'd already been kind of coming up with some music. Um, so I'd, I'd used that. And I'd kind of started with the first draft. Now, we'd created a demo of that song. And when I played it, uh, when my siblings were around, 
uh, I'd played them the, the song because it was obviously around my mum. Mm. And they are absolutely adamant they wanted to use it at a funeral. So you can imagine um, the kind of the feelings and the lump in my throat. I, I'm, I'm in the That's church with my mum's coffin carrying with my brother's carrying her out for her final journey and that song playing in its demo form um through the through the church kind of pa it, it was really haunting and that solo that ranko wrote he's dedicated that to his father oh. that playing as we as we walked out so that's kind of that there was that demo version of the song but as time went by, um, and uh, obviously we started to work with Russ, and I started to learn more about songwriting. I applied some of those teachings to the, mm -hmm. the song, and the, the 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 original demo didn't have any kind of intro intro piece. So on on the version you'll hear, there is a piano intro, which I was completely inspired by Russ. Uh, he, every time we meet him, he sits at his piano and he plays us. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. He gives us our own, well, no. our own private concert performance. Yeah, yeah. it's fabulous. Yeah. But so that piano piece is my first ever attempt at performing on a piano and recording. You know, so that's fabulous, and it's all to rotation. Well, but well done. But you. then also, well done. Yeah, exactly. there's, there's kind of this, there's a discussion I'd had with Russ because uh, he, he loves this song. I think he, you know, he has, he's been inspired himself, I think, by some of that content from that song. And he, we, he we, does. We got, we got yeah. to talking about, um, we got to talking about kind of is the life after death, the spiritual side of things, you know, in one evening, <laughs> late at night, as you do. And I kind of, I kind of said to Russ, well, Maybe, maybe there was some kind of link there with me mum because because Russ had always said to us, I don't really know why I got back in touch with you guys. Why I, you know, I, I don't normally do that. I'm I'm generally busy. I generally don't have the time to spend on other people's music. You know, mm -hmm. um. So he doesn't really know, he said, but I did, I heard something in it and I felt I should. It felt like fate. I felt like I'd had a bit of a push, like a prod. So we had that discussion and maybe it was mum giving him a bit of a push to come and oh, get in touch with us. Your mom. Oh, yeah. wow. So, so there's a line a in that like... song which I changed just as I was going into the studio to record it. I thought, as I'm singing the last chorus, I just came out with Mama. I know you gave rock and roll to me. Sorry, I'm just getting a bit of a lump. <laughs> Listen, we've talked a lot about this song. I think we ought to play it for everybody so they can hear how good it is. This is Journey's Prayer. It's written by Michael Angel and Ranko. Uh, and it's loved by Russ Ballard, which is even better. And this is dedicated to everyone who's who's lost someone they love. This is Journey's Prayer. Yesterday, I called you up to say 
that was journey's prayer and i say don't give up on what you're doing <laughs> that's, well, that's lovely so let's move on uh, yeah. to some some other tracks of your new album and this um, is the new album that's called nobody gets out alive and at the end of the podcast you'll be able to learn from mike how to get hold of it sorry sven just a quick advert there will be more yeah just a, just a quick advert now sorry ian just a quick banter my friend so ian, ian told me that not guilty is his favorite I did. It's really good song, but I must disagree. I must disagree. Back in business is my favorite. So, Mike, it's up to you to judge who's more right or not. And and before you say anything, Mike, right, the way Sven, in his normal German efficient way, will say something like, it's 5% better. It is 5% better, or maybe it could be 10%, but there will, there will be a percentage involved. Is that fair? They are, they are very close together. They are very ah, close ah, together. But in no, my world, I would say back in business is 2.7% better. <laughs> well, I just, I just, it's love... Guns and Roses. It's Guns and Roses. Not, not, uh, I, I think it's very, very Guns and Roses, both the guitar and the vocals. Sorry, Mike, tell us. <laughs> I think <clears throat> the four of us. You know, Ranko, Dave, Pete, and myself, we all have, similar to yourselves, different ideas about which is our favourite, which stands out the most. But all of the tracks we love, like, our, you know, they're our creation. It's hard to choose. It's like trying to decide who your favourite child is. You know, you, it's just not done. <laughs> no. They're so, all your babies, these songs, aren't they? They're all your babies. Yeah. So apart from two, which are Russ's babies. There's different there's different stories behind each track and, and each one has uh, has merit uh you know in different stuff. So percentage wise, I just love that you're talking about it because we've spent so many, many years producing original music and and trying to break that kind of uh, awareness barrier. You know, you hit that ceiling and without the mainstream radio uh, kind of support, mm. you, you don't reach across a wider audience. So the fact that people are talking about the music and you do to having a bit of banter about which is your favourite, I love it. It's it's mm. fabulous. Um, Not Guilty is, there's, there's a, and you know, let's try and keep things, positive because it could go back into a counseling session again <laughs> but there's a story behind not guilty it's it's very much for for kind of um parents estranged from their children you know that is in there and it's kind of saying some of the lines in there you know i've done my time you've just got you've kind of just got to accept the situation and move on uh, relationships fail loads you know it happens to a lot of people uh you've just got to try and make the best decision you hope it's the best for your children in the long run that's what's behind not guilty Back in business, it's mm -hmm. it's it's a really upbeat, you know. It's 
Well, it says what it's, it's, it is what it says on the tin, isn't it? That That is us coming out of lockdown and going, let's smash these doors open again. Let's get back out there. You know, the world's back in business. We're out there playing music again. Really nice kind of um, message. This is in there. this is something something special, or, or it's it's different to your prior releases. Um, the new album sounds really fresh, and you can hear you can hear the fun you had during recording. What's it called, Sven? The, the new album. I, I have no idea, but we we do have a guest here. So, ladies and gentlemen, a little advertising break. This is Michael Angel from the Super Duper Band Fugitive. Michael, what is your next release? What is the new album? When will it be released? And where can fans buy it? <laughs> okay, the album which is due out on the twenty sixth of May this year. That's the official release date. Um, you can pre-order it now from our website shop. So that is www.fugitiveweb.co.uk and on there there's a shop. Okay. It's there for pre-order now and every single pre-order, if, if people are able to place that pre-order, that's going to help us fund the kind of manufacture and everything else of that because we are completely self-financed yeah it's it's our own it's my label you know the whole thing so if you can help us we would very very much appreciate those pre-orders we know how many to print you know we'll obviously we'll go out there and print thousands and go and try and sell them no, the, but the it all people... helps those advanced sales yeah. Of, of course, and also you'll be selling them at gigs. Of, of, of no doubt. Just are, are there because I love the fugitive logo. Um, uh, can people buy t-shirts on there and and other merch at all? Yes, there's a whole whole shop full of merchandise with different t-shirts and okay. and the like. We we have a we have an inner circle of friends called Fugitive Renegades on Facebook. And there's even a bunch of uh, Renegades merchandise with the big F logo uh, on the on the shirts. That's you know Tremendous. it's all good. So all the listeners F. out there, I will tell you something. Go on to your computer or tablet or smartphone. So this world famous internet thing. Go to www.fugitiveweb.co.uk pre-order the new album nobody gets out alive the trouble is if you don't order this album now you will never ever get out there alive from the internet or whatever it's, so buy it and not... buy some merch to support the artist support the artist stream the album once it's out so you get a kind of a taste of how good it is but then buy the hard copy these artists need some support and if you can ask radio 2 for 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 play the new song in heavy Rotation, rock and i will ask merseyland alternative radio to do the same on the mersey side and planet rock if you're listening please support fugitive we'd love to hear have they played one year straight yet mike no it would be lovely if they would pick it up i'll All drop right. them a message 
Yeah, done. Done. We're going to do that. Listen, we, we, we sort of mindful of your time and we are sort of good. We've got some fun questions for you, but, but we got, I think we've got one more album track that we want to ask you about. Um, and it's probably a little bit of a compliment in there, unless I'm mistaken, um, for Ranko, because when I listened to this, it was the guitar solos probably, um, but the guitar sound and the solos of a track called freak show, which I thought was amazing. So tell us, tell us about that. If you if you would, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Let's play the let's play the guitar let's solo. Okay, not a bad solo. Mike, tell us. Yeah, well, Ranko, uh, I've been, you know, obviously been working with him now for an awful long time. I don't think I've met a guitarist who can astound me as often as he does. He's, he's really, he's a really quiet, um, understated chap. <laughs> when, you know, when you meet him, when he picks up his guitar, it sings. Then, obviously, you've just heard there. So, Freak Show, Ranko had kind of written that solo around the riff, and um, very much full on. It's you know, it's not quite metal, but it's getting in that direction. It's quite a powerful track. Um, it's it's really kind of the track is describing some of those feelings that we all kind of went through when we were living through the pandemic. It's we just couldn't believe how quickly life turned upside down. You know, how long do we have to wait? How long does forever take? They're the lines, you know, as you as you get into that song. So um but the message is, again, it's a, we're trying to, you know, it's another positive message. You know, it can't rain all the time. Things will get better. So um, it's, it is very much us bashing out some of our frustrations mm. <laughs> with the music. And that solo, as you've just heard, you know, there's a lot of good solos on this album. In fact, I would go as far as to say there isn't a bad song with a bad solo, <laughs> but well, then I'm biased. Yeah. This is exactly what we want. What we want to hear. So it's really, hey, Mike, it's really, it's a great album. It's a cracking album. This is a, a true rock album. 
And as mentioned before, you the listeners will hear the joy you had during recording. And yeah. the album is not a freak show, and you will get out of this alive when you hear it, but only if you listen to the album once a week minimum. So we could talk all night long about this fantastic new album about the band history about your life and your rock and roll life experiences in the past but we are very mindful of your time so i would love to go on to our fun questions this is something we ask or yeah the questions we ask all our guests um but the questions are not always very similar so Ian, do you want to start with the fun questions? Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, shall we do... Oh, that, let's put Mike on the desert island. I could just see him with his bandana on. Um, yeah, great. Great idea. A, a mm. bandana on the desert island? Maybe a nice yeah, nice palm tree in the background. So, Mike, we're going to send you off to a desert island. And, but you being raised on rock... <laughs> see what I did there? Um, you, <laughs> you, you being raised on rock... Um, We're probably going to take. We're going to ask you just to take one single track, right? One track that you could just one, one song can be an album track or a single. Doesn't matter. The artist can be living or dead, obviously. But what track would you take with you? God, there's so many, aren't there? There's so many. I think. I guess it would be if I'm I'm out there on my desert island. It's going to have to be Mr. Coverdale and White Snake, and here I go again. Here I go again on my own. Wow, great song. Good choice. That's a good choice. Co-written you know by what? Mr. Bernie Marsden, by the way. Hasn't been very well recently, sending him lots of love. But um, Bernie Marsden, who who knows Russ as well. See, there's another link. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Bernie. Was- Hi, Bernie. Ian was a bit rude with only giving you one track, one single. You know what? I also want to see you on the desert island, but I give you a full album so you can choose one album to take with you. Okay. <laughs> what well, would it be? There's uh, there's an album that is in constant uh, use when I'm out driving, and it, it's uh, one of my biggest influences as a singer I know obviously the band or the band members wrote a lot of the songs too so Skin the original the first Skin album There's, every single track on that is a massive banger you just if if you haven't heard it, go out and find it. Yeah, I think actually I think recently Mike Gray, the Mr. Guitar in that, I think he's recently re-released it, so I think you can get hold of copies of it again now on CD. There you go. But there's an album to there's an album to have a listen. Fantastic to. singer, and we've had the, we've had yeah. the we've had the, uh, the you know the the chance to play with him. A couple, uh, on some live shows, and we're doing another live show with him uh, in our, our local, the Tivoli in Buckley, 
uh, the end of this year, we're opening up for Nev in his new band, which is uh, Hand of Dimes. So the album, though, that would keep me happy on that desert island would be the first Skin album. So, dear listener, wow. but dear listener, feel free to listen to that album, but only after you've listened to an album called Nobody Gets Out Alive by Fugitive. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Well, that's fine. Well, we have one more fun question, don't we, Sven? Well, yeah, after Michael was spending years and years and years and years of his life on a desert island, we sent him a boat and bring him back, back, in, back, into, back into business, I would say. <laughs> and uh, to celebrate you and your life and your music, we offer you a dinner party. With how many guests, Ian? Uh, four. Plus Michael. Four guests. So four guests, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Michael, sorry. So you can choose four guests to your dinner party, alive or death, it doesn't matter. Just just choose the guests you want to have on your personal welcome back dinner party. Are there any, any musical influences? Uh, we heard a couple of times that somebody wanted to have... John Lennon on the table. I would always go for Freddie Mercury, but it's just me or Russ Bullard, just me. But <laughs> who would be the guests you would invite? So four guests, according to Ian. Hmm. Yes, hmm. right. I, I don't. The, the problem is, you see, I don't know these people personally, so I don't know if they destroy the place, yeah, or not. So I definitely invite Russ. Because I've had a number of uh, dinner sessions with Russ, and I don't think I've had a, a more fun time at the dinner table. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So Russ. that's got that's got to be said. Mm -hmm. But then I think I'd like to, I'd like to have a chat with some of the other singers who I've been inspired by. So I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to get to know Ray Gillen. Mm -hmm. He spent, he's done a, a number of bands, but one of the massive kind of influences is Badlands. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to possibly get Joey Tempest in the room from Europe. It's the what he had to say <laughs> and then the, the biggest voice in rock Ronnie James Dio I think those God knows what it would be like you might not get a word in edgeways <laughs> Well, only, imagine, imagine only rock and roll. Yeah, imagine if those people. For me, I mean, there's, there's all there's so many others, so many other influences, but you know, get them in the room, and let's have a chat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and let's have a chat. Yeah, lovely, good choice. Yeah, brilliant. Listen, Michael, it's been fantastic talking to you, and um, we, you know, it's been lovely. We've become friends although we've we've never met i mean you've never met sven or, or myself but we've become pals we, we we would love to get to one of your gigs 
So again, go on the website, dear listeners, see if you can get to one of the Fugitive gigs. Um, there's loads coming up. If there's any big rock band out there would like a really fantastic band to open for them to give them the exposure that they need if you're listening to this please get in touch with michael he's on yeah. social media and fugitive are on social media and and we wish you luck with the album you know it's um you put a lot of hard work into this and uh this is your year you know we, you know, we really wish you well from everybody on the voices of russ ballard thank you <coughs> yeah, yeah. thank thank you everybody it's been marvelous having a chat with you Lovely. Okay. So, so I would say it's goodbye from me, Svan. And it's goodbye from me, Ian. Until next time. All the best. Bye-bye. Cheers. Hi, this is Russ Ballard, and you're listening to the Voices of Russ Ballard podcast.